You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's going on? It's really this is Fi. It's TV. Uh, what's this episode? What thirty-five, man? Thirty-five. Shout that's out good to number. Kurt, man. He's back there cracking dirty jokes. Man, Kurt pulled up on me in the scooter like he was <laughs> back in the day. You hear what I'm saying? Transporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that's going what's on, up. man? What's up with you? Man, nothing much, man. Just uh, been kind of under the weather, so whatever's going around, my daughter caught. I caught it. And, Kids in uh, school. Ran through like 36 rolls of toilet paper. Just been trying to recu- recuperate. Uh, been in class too, so you know, I've been back in school. So, math and beat my ass, but um, I've been doing all right. <laughs> doing all right, just being <laughs> honest about it. So, whooping my head. Um, yeah, just been dealing with all the events going on in the world, man. It's a lot going on, so we'll get to it. How about you? Yeah. Uh, Kids, dogs, um, school, just like you said, kids getting sick from school, come back home, have to get over it. Life, um, home improvements, <laughs> things, you know what I'm saying? Things, adulting, I, you know, take me back, take me back, take me back to a, to a fetus. <laughs> man, listen, man, everybody want to grow up fast, man. I was, I can't wait till I get on, man. I'm sick of this. <laughs> I'm sick of it now. <laughs> I'm sick of it as an adult. Put me back. <laughs> Put me back in that, in that dark hole. <laughs> um, no, nah, but other than that, um, it, it's, uh, it's a lot good, good going on, but, I'm going to speak on something that's been happening a lot, not just in our history, but um, mass shootings. There's been mm-hmm. four in a week, and um, it's a lot to cover. But uh, I got in depth with uh, one at the University of Virginia, and uh, their names are Lavelle David, Deshaun Perry, um, and, I was, and, and I, that was a three young Mr. Man, right? Chandler. Yes, sir. Three men gunned down who are uh, active athletes and were football players for that school's football team. And sadly, they were killed by another football player. And for many reasons we don't know, but for what we do know is just senseless. Um, club Q in Colorado Springs, they had a mass shooting, which is a gay club, which is um, – Unfortunate because the more I got into it, I realized that that's the only space they have in Colorado. You know, it is a place that does allow, you know, same sex marriage and certain things like that. But as far as spaces where people come to congregate and have fun, um, Club Q was really it for uh, that community. And uh, it was very disheartening to see the fear people have, you know, um, not just with them, but with all these shootings. It's it's crazy to think you just leave home and. Maybe not and come back. Then that's what I was going to say. It's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's upsetting because I had to have a talk with my eight year old, you know, because he goes to school and just here Washington State. Uh, last week, Lincoln Tacoma had a shooting. Ingram had a shooting, uh, which somebody was actually killed. Um, there was another one more recently, but it seems like every day there's something happening. You know, whether it's schools, we've seen things happen at, you know, youth events with kids. It's, I, I don't, it's like you don't want your kids to even let your kids go out, you know, or put them in anybody's care because you know what could happen. You know what I'm saying? Being an active parent and having children who are active, what what do you feel is a way to? We can't avoid things, but how do you I, correctly? That's the thing. It's one thing uh, life has taught me: you can't control 
much, you know, especially things out of your control. You can't control it, you know. Um, stay, uh, the, you know, things I do is stay safe wherever my kids are, I am. Um, I keep them close proximity, especially we go to big events. Most time, you know, we stay home. Uh, like, it's just a whole bunch of things. The world's crazy. So everybody has to do what they have to do. But as far as the children go, I feel like we have to take more steps and precautions. You know, when we were younger, we were on bikes across the city. Buses and bikes. Not worry about it. So these days it's a lot different when it comes to, you know, being outside, you know, they have social networks now where everything's more accessible. You have to, you know, watch your kids, your your, your kids, your kids, your kids, personal message, uh, personal messages and DMs and, you know, who's watching everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, I really, at this point, I'm, I'm still navigating the waters trying to figure out how, you know, what to do right. You know, I don't want to be overbearing. I don't want to be overprotective, but I don't want to, you know, let an instance come where there's something I could have did differently, you know? So it's, it's tough right now. Yeah. I just, I, I encourage everyone, especially women to bear arms. It's your right. You know, um, a lot of women need to get into carrying firearms and practicing how to handle them and clean them and fire them and uh, conceal them because, uh, it's, it's really scary out there. And I'm a father of two daughters and I always think about their safety, uh, even over my own. So it's, it's knowing that I won't be there sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I wanted them to be able to protect themselves, you Trying know, to they, prepare them. their mothers, you know what I'm saying? They, it's, it's like women need to really learn how to protect themselves and be aware of their surroundings because it's, it's like I said, it's a lot going on. And even with us being men, you might be able to save people, you know, like the supermarket, you know, it was a yeah. guy who had a concealed weapon yeah, and he was able to shoot and, you know, take the dude down. Yeah. And sadly people already died, but he saved lives. He that would probably come. He did what he could. And, so. and that's the thing. I don't, I encourage everybody to bear arms. You know, I don't like guns, but I'm not going you know, with a pencil telling somebody, hold on, talk to me, who's ready to shoot, you know, but I do say also, which is another thing you want to talk about mental health. I feel like, you know, we, you know, we say protect ourselves, but there's fools with guns, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like everybody needs to take and mental health looks different to everybody. That's also a hot catchphrase right now. So I'm talking about serious, you know, <laughs> mental health, not, you know, everybody just throwing it out as an excuse or a reason for something, you know, if you have issues or traumas, you know, or, you know, triggers, you might not even know, you know what I'm saying? So well, I leave I, I leave that up and I, I blame a lot of that. And I'll say blame because I truly do on state boards and on city officials, because if they would mandate things that would support mental health issues, support uh, community relations and combative situations, it would be a lot better results, um, not just here, but everywhere, you know, with our our, uh, our way we govern things, the way we police things. Um, if they just got behind mental health as much as they get behind creating new laws or get behind shutting down these buildings or throwing up new buildings, we will have way more programs that work with mental health and work with people in the streets or kids or children or women, whatever it is. It's just they don't have the programs and the initiatives to support these things. And then when something happens, it's like, oh, you could got help. We just buried Devon Pickett. And he was killed by someone who was claiming insanity. Yeah. And um, and it was said that, you know, his family tried to get him help and he was, you know, put into institutions and the police let him go. And if, if that's the truth, then that's a big, you know, L. That, I just state. I just spoke yeah. in the system, mm-hmm. the city officials, the government, the boy, you're not enforcing it. You're not enforcing things enough to be able to say that you made a change or that you impacted this and you altered or maybe saved the situation or saved someone. 
because everything we can think about from these mass shootings to people being killed in certain situations, all we get is that they were mentally or they were emotionally disabled, disabled, uh, unstable, excuse me. They were emotionally unstable. So it would really be hard for them to, you know, comprehend things and make the right decisions. So that's why I say the system, you know, at home, it starts with everything. I believe in it. That starts at home. But when you get into the world, you get into society, you have a system in place. You know, there has to be certain levels of where the system relieves or rehabs when it comes to what yeah, rehabilitation. There's, yeah. there's literal evidence of genocides and different things that we go through uh, being born black and just being in America. And just like with Canada has like therapy within their free medical, like it should be certain things that the U.S. and cities should do for their own citizens and people knowing that we go through things and the trauma that we deal with. Well, you ain't lying, man. If you, um, if you feel like you need to get help or there's no one to talk to, there's hotlines, there's, um, there's dot com, there's dot orgs. We'll put them at the end of the show so you guys can, you know, seek out or talk to a family member, best friend, teacher, whoever you feel comfortable talking to if you do need help. Um, I saw there was something wrong with the lottery and a new law the, or something. There's not even a new law. There's really? a committee that is petitioning for, it's not a law, but they are basically, collecting evidence that's saying the lottery is depicted and centered around a certain demographic of people, older people. Like redlining. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you know where, where to send the money or where to hit. Older community, they're about to die. Um, you know, uh, they always say it's like a white person, a Middle Eastern, something like that. It's not too much yeah. variation going on and in race. And it's really numbers they're pulling out. It's not like they're just saying, oh, you're racist. They're literally getting these numbers back and saying, hey, you guys don't realize the pattern of where these people win and where they win. And so the lottery is kind of under fire right now because it's the data that's showing up. And I also saw somewhere they were talking about how they um they only promote and market in the poor neighborhoods and take all the like money. That. Yeah, you take all the money to get to build a pot and then yeah, throw the money in other places. That. So that's insane. I've, mm, I've never thought about that. No, yeah, uh, I have because I, you know, I always been into the lottery. You know, playing it, playing my luck. It's gonna be some white dude in Ellensburg. <laughs> <laughs> the trucking company, some some eighty seven white woman in carefree Arizona. Man, listen, just man. won six hundred million or something. You know what I'm saying? It's always like it's never twenty three year old Tyrone from Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you see, dude, that just won the Billy. You see him? Who? Oh, no, like Middle Eastern dude, bald head, like gray gray beard, glasses on, like you know, like for real, for real. So that's what's up. Uh, that's great for them, but it's just it goes to show you what they're uh, pushing for. So it's not a law, but there is a group of people who are petitioning and who are gathering information. Oh, yeah, we want to win so some too. Sure. You know, hopefully that it goes right because they can feed a nation with all the money they done screwed and threw around. So many people could have did more than what they do, but whatever. Uh, this is episode 35. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back. We got a special guest, published author, real estate hey, man. Mogul. Yeah, this, this is the guy right here, man. This is he, I, hey, man, I've been knowing this guy for here. He's my mentor. Uh, he's had contracts overseas. Well, I used to tell him, like, what are you doing over there? You know, <laughs> come on, man. But uh, hey, you know, he should, what are you supposed to bring his back to watch? Well, oh, yeah, man. you know, them APs and stuff and Rolexes. <laughs> it's like, nah, uh, we come back. We're going to talk to my guy, uh, Mr. Victor. Viziant, I don't want to say it wrong. Okay, yeah, you know, he's, you know, I don't know if he's Haitian, Creole, French. <laughs> it's like, nah. <laughs> we'll be back uh, in a minute. Stay tuned.
What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Trey Holiday. We're bringing back Black Love When We Met. That's right. We need something to warm all of our hearts and to elevate love once again in our communities. We want y'all to go to whereweconverge.com forward slash Black Love so y'all can nominate your favorite couple for the next rendition of this show with me as the host. Let me sit down and have them on my couch and share how their love can inspire us all. Make sure y'all go. Go and get your nominations in today and be on the lookout for Black Love when we met coming at you on Converge Media very soon. Within sports, you learn so many life lessons that'll help you be successful in any area that you plan to pursue. So I remember being a kid in Spokane and going to camps like this with my friends and just having a blast. And that's really when I fell in love with this game. Hopefully we're doing the same and inspiring some of these kids to keep going on this journey. Especially as a girl growing up, like you see, you see a lot of boys at these camps. But like just seeing like more and more girls start at a younger age, it, it makes me happy. We had to have funding, right? We cannot do this work without the necessary resources available so that our kids can thrive. Without resources, we can't see kids play and play to their potential. How we can ensure that basketball in our communities is sustainable. Funding is a big part of it. I think working with the right groups and this was the opportunity I think that kickstarted that and we're really excited about any opportunities to just keep moving it forward. It was just an awesome opportunity to show what this community can do, what basketball energy they can bring. Being able to work with the Seattle Sports Commission, work with the King County Play Equity Coalition. Uh, we were able to bring big basketball energy to Tequila Community Center and hopefully use this as a launching point and able to get more funding for them in the future. The kids get to see me, get to see you know, all the rest of the guys who did it all in the area of Washington, Seattle area. So being able to give back to them and uh, let them know that you know they can chase their dreams too. This is a fundamental right of all kids, that they have the right to play, which isn't always available to all of our kids in our communities. We got next to ensure kids always have a place to play, compete, and have fun. Yo, welcome back. This is episode 35 of Factors TV. I'm bringing back uh, one of the big dogs of the game, somebody I've talked to for years. He's elevated his game time and time and time again. Uh, a published author, real estate mogul, moving Airbnbs out the yin gang. Um, contracts, you know, in Kuwait. So, you know, just different places, different things. I'm bringing on the mysterious man, Mr. Victor Viziant. How you doing? I'm pretty good, man. I appreciate the intro. Oh, man. You know, it's all good. It's all love with us. You already know, man. Oh, I appreciate you. Man. you How know, you doing? What's going on? I'm outstanding, man. Like, I got in town yesterday and, you know, been navigating uh, these wet streets and then it turned dry and then, you know. Well, I, I, well, well, well uh, where are you from? Where are you from? Originally, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Yep. Um, I, I left home in like 99, joined the Army. Was uh, active duty for 12 years and seven months. And then um, after after my time in the Army, I worked overseas as an intelligence contractor for about three or four years. That's what he says. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, you know, dabbled in real estate, you know, to try to create some passive income so I can get off, uh, go from the, the transition from being employed to self-employed, you know, to truly becoming a boss. So... Um, you're as far as your passion, your drive, your different, you know, gears and motivations and the lanes you choose. Does that come from family genetics? Do you think being in the army for 12 years? What do you like? What do you think attributes to your drive and passion for more winning? Like, what's the point of being out here to lose? Like, so I'm, I'm with whatever amounts to winning. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the world deals with 
money, economics, and time, and they deal with human beings on a contractual basis. So you need to deal with the world on a contractual basis. You need to make your money when it's hot, you know what I'm saying, and be flexible enough to move on to something else because when economics and history change, it's going to move on to something else and leave you behind anyway. So, you know, I just try to look at it as staying uh, staying ahead of the curve. And, and that's one thing I took from you, uh, you know, the years I've known you is, you know, I, I was used to sitting on something because it was hot for so long. And then when it was cold, I was cold, you know what I'm saying? Instead of being prepared and either having some set up or, you know, being ahead of the curve. So I definitely, I, I know you're telling the truth there because I watched you do that and I took a little bit uh, piece of that too. Um, what made you write the book, publish the book? What is the book about? What are you trying to do with the book? So the books, the books yeah. Like, so the first book is called a code. And if you can um, look at the bottom of it, it's a blueprint to achieve in solidarity among reasonable black people. So black people always talk about, we want to come together, but we have to figure out what's the foundation in coming together. You have to set a reasonable conversation, you know, like you can't decide where we're going to go eat. You know, think about trying to decide to go to eat with a whole bunch of people. You know what I'm saying? It don't happen. It don't happen. You know what I'm saying? Somebody got a peanut allergy. Somebody <laughs> don't like this. Somebody I'll eat like steak. That. That's too far to go. I'm too hungry to wait on service. It's a bunch of different things. But when we have a realistic conversation about like, where are we? How much time we got? How hungry are you? You have a different conversation, a different approach to uh, creating a table for reason, reasonable discussion. So because we have to transition out of debates and into dialogue so we can have less competing understanding, less unhealthy conflicts and um, more progress and more solutions based dialogue. And I totally agree. As far as black people moving on, moving up, moving forward, um, besides communication, because that's basically, you know, where we need to start. And um what what is it going to take besides communication and in either us as a people, us as men, you know what I'm saying? Like, like what is it going to take for us to at least get going in the right direction? Well, or have we? I think we already are because we're having a conversation, number one. Uh, the most important thing is that the leaders can't worry about nobody else but other leaders. Because the the I believe that the lines have been blurred by the wrong representations. Yeah. Um, there's a significant difference between men that are leaders and men that are not. So first and foremost, we have to consider the source of information. Who is credible enough to, to lead mm -hmm. and what metrics are we putting in, in place for expectation management just in case somebody makes mistakes? Because we've had plenty of leaders um, get caught up in human errors and destroy all their credibility. And now black people are left to deal with the fallout of it. And um, one of the things that I talk about in this book, we got to stop putting so much um, responsibility on entertainers and athletes. I totally agree. I think that the personal accountability conversation has to happen in your house first. And then you change your neighborhood. You got to change your house in order to change the neighborhood. Um, and the neighborhood is not necessarily the roof you live under, but it's the people that you can reach out and touch. Like, for instance, I'm I'm visiting. Yeah, yes, sir. This is my neighborhood today. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Nah, you man, you town, with me. It's good. It's all, yeah, nah, exactly. You with me, like yeah. you in town, me, it's all love. We got to stop looking at our neighborhood as a zip code where we pay bills. You know what I'm saying? We got to start looking at our neighborhood where we get reciprocated, where yeah. we can find respect and um, 
in, in a place to grow in a healthy environment. Yeah. And, and I totally agree. And what from one standpoint, what I tell people is, um, especially young men, they ask how me and my brother have been able to be where we're from in the city and still have love and respect around the city. And I tell them it's because when we come into, you know, spaces and, and people's lives, we come as Ronald and Ronnell. We come as, you know, human beings. You know, it's different when someone's introducing themselves as rah, 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 or, you know, where are you from? You know what I'm saying? Uh, some, you know, that's, of course, that's going to set an aggressive tone when it's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm such and such, I'm such and such, you, you better rapport. Then you might be able to say, you might be a crib, I might be a blood. But since you know you're vicking your cool, it's like, oh man, that's what's up. Right. But if you're open, it's, man, what's good? I'm this and that. This is going to be aggressive all the time. So I tell people it's not only, you know, communication, but it's how you communicate, it's the aggressiveness, it's the whole intention of, you know, how you, how you introduce yourself to somebody, the first impression. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, and I do agree. I feel like, I do ha- like we have gotten started. I feel like we have gotten started yeah. just because of the conversation. Um, well, being a black man, I'm seeing so many great black fathers. I'm seeing some men take great steps toward, you know, economic, you know, success, financial freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like watching you do your thing with the in, in, in clean Texas, you yeah. know what I'm saying? We got to reinforce the wins. Yeah. See, we give too much visibility to everything that we fail at. Facts. And we let the failure get the most attention. Whereas, like, if you just looked at sheer numbers, there are far more demographics of people that have far more failures, far more of the same turmoil. Like, for instance, white people by sheer numbers have more people on welfare just simply because it's more white people. True. But we vacuum up the the party line on that the negative party line we so like my book was written to capture the narrative you know what I'm saying to reinforce the things that we already doing well because I hate hearing black people don't work together when it's a room full of black people in here right now yeah. I hate when people say, <laughs> in Seattle Washington yeah I, in Seattle Washington right you know what I'm saying so I hate hearing how we won't come together when I've written a book that says let's let's do it you know what I'm saying and I published this in 2018 and and. And the origins of the book came from, you remember how much I used to write on social media? Yeah. And my old, my old profile got scrubbed because, you know what I'm saying, whatever Zuckerberg, you know what I'm saying, it's too late, <laughs> it's too late now here. Um, I just basically went back about five or six years and scrubbed everything that I wrote because I'm pretty good at remembering keyword searches. And I put together a rough draft and I wrote a book out of it. And I'm lucky I did, lucky I did that because my old Facebook profile is no it. more. Yeah. Nice, so, yeah. but bookmark this. But that's exactly how fast we can get be washed out of history. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, everybody's seen the Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. You remember that scene where uh, Tony Stark has set that trap to kill Thanos on that other planet? Yep. Yep. And then Star-Lord messed it up. And then Tony ended up getting stabbed with his own armor and Thanos leaned his head back and said, I hope they remember your name. Yeah, That's how fast you can be washed out of history. Like there's some people that have dropped albums that we don't even remember because we can be inundated in. um, Well, yeah, you can be inundated in information and drown in the specifics because somebody gives you one thing to hang on to and learn and become an expert. The whole world will pass you by. So which goes back to the whole entrepreneurial spirit having multiple sources of income, uh, a diverse resume so you can, um, you know, find different ways to get your intellectual property in line with whatever it is that your your talents are, you know, um, merchandise. That's what I'm wearing today. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I represent that because we've seen it play out. I don't know what people have taken from the culture of rap music over the last 20 or 30 years, but I took the hustle from it. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And that's where we are right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, So 
you do do you do seminars? Do you do private one on one ones? Do you do Zoom meetings? Do Man. you offer services? That that you know? is actually coming. Um, is it okay? Yeah, okay. like okay. in consider this to be like an intro of it because like I've been recently, you know, uh, streamlining my business, trimming the fat on things that I want more or less connection to and figuring out my marketing because I wanted to come out right the first time. I don't want to be overwhelmed. Just like I said, inundated, you know, in the information and drowning in specifics that could easily happen, you know, if you're not careful, you know, because I know what I got the most equity in. I know what I have, um, you know, like the most resource in the most flex, which direction I want to go. So I got to package it the right way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm being responsible about that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, doing the right networking. So, you know, it can be the transition that everybody else can benefit from, too. Hey, man. No, that's I, that's that's love when it's about everybody. You yeah, because I, I think because I think men that are leaders have to be men of service. Like understand what I'm you saying. Like know. you have My to get big up. O. You My have to big get o back up. There. You mm-hmm. have to get up and go do something for somebody else. It's like I always use this analogy too. It's like if you're in the kitchen cooking, you ain't gonna starve if you're feeding everybody. But if you gotta wait for a plate, you might not eat because you gotta take what's there. Mm-hmm. But if if you in the kitchen, you gonna eat as you go. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, I'm in. By time food done, man. I'm yeah, good. You, I'm good. Good. you can sit yeah, back yeah. watching everybody else. So we have yeah. to have the same. You know what I'm saying? A uh, uh, take on it. You know because. Okay. Like a lot of times we don't think about why we need to invest in our communities, uh, whatever those communities are, because social media creates different communities. Yeah, too. Um, so you can have a virtual community and you can have, you know, your 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 true brick and mortar yeah. you know, community from curb to curb. Mm-hmm. But if you don't take care of that community, whatever level it is, that could, that same community is going to come back and bust your head. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't think about the place we want to get old in. And if you don't invest in the youth that's in that same community where you're going to get old, you can't go to Walmart safely, bro. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if if you're living better than the people that you have, like, looked down on along your way, they're going to do you in. Yeah. Because how loyal is a hungry dog? Exactly. I I tell people all the time, you feed the wolves. Like, you have to feed the wolves. Have to. So before we get out of here, Mm -hmm. um, any IG, Facebook info, anything that people can reach you at? Where they can get the books. Yeah. Um, on Facebook, you can find uh, Accountable Masculinity. You see the logo right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, look for that. Um, let's see. You can find a book on Amazon, the code. Okay. And also find the business of me. The, the business of me is more of a uh, a personal insight. I started to write both of these books together, but I felt like everybody was going to get my business. So I decided to go ahead and put it Separately. by itself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it can kind of be a standalone about who I am and the the makings of me that went into making this. Okay. Um, you can find me on IG at Accountable Masculinity. You can find me by name um, on on all social media platforms. Okay. Yep. So, um, man, look, I'm I'm real active on social media. You already know that we yeah. communicate a lot on there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Reality is this interview is a is a is a culmination of our social product. media. Uh, it's yeah. a product. So like of we our represent community. for real. House sports. Come yeah. on, man. No, yeah, I, I met him years ago on House Sports on on Facebook, and yeah. it blossomed into some more. So yeah, yeah. man. We yeah, we um um. Oh yeah, the merch will be out soon too. I'm getting okay. ready to make some big orders, uh, sweats and everything else, man. So 
Get your okay. Christmas order. Today. Of course, man. Of course. <laughs> Appreciate you coming. Man, Thank absolutely. you, man. You know, it's always love. Um, we're going to take another break. We'll be back. When we come back, we're going to finish off with my bro. And uh, we'll see you again. Chapter, chapter. Show episode 35. See you in a minute. Take another break. Habarigani. My name is Noni Irvin, and I am the creator and founder of Kanara Park Kids, as well as the president of our sister nonprofit, Black Four Charities, a 501c3 fiscally sponsored by Shunpike. Together, we are hosting the Kwanzaa Awards because it is important that we acknowledge and recognize the contributions and efforts of individuals and organizations who are showing us what the Kwanzaa principles look like throughout the year. The nomination window is open October 1st to November 30th, and yes, you can submit more than one nomination. Eligibility is simple. Individual award recipients must identify as Black, African-American, or Pan-African. And organization award recipients must be 100% Black-owned if for-profit or 100% Black-led if nonprofit. Welcome back, man. It's really burgundy. Como esta? <laughs> no. Hey, man, you know what season it is, man. Feliz night. No, what? what are you talking oh about? my God. It's matching pajamas and you know, ugly sweater season. Oh, man. Nobody wants to see nobody in a, a two bedroom apartment with 30 people <laughs> matching pajamas. <laughs> you are a racist. <laughs> <laughs> Grinch. Nah. No, nah, nah. good time to enjoy. You never wanted to, you know, they had dress up and enjoy good times. You never wanted to? No. Oh, it's like, nah, bro, no. If, bro, bro, if it's your thing, it's your thing, but it's just not for me. The Grinch over here, he can stay in the shade, but me, myself, find myself in some nice matching pajamas, maybe an ugly sweater. Uh, I think here at Converge, we're going to set up an ugly sweater party. Satin draws with the balls invited. out. No, you're going to have the pajamas with the butt flap. The butt flap. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can you come with us? No. <laughs> you're going streaky. Yeah, um, I can't wait to see these pictures, man. You know, uh, you don't find out people are in relationships till it's Christmas time. Yeah, she's a <laughs> sweetie, huh? She's a good girl. She's, <laughs> like, nah, she's been such a great girl. Oh, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a great dude. <laughs> All right, are we going to do an ugly sweater joint? I think that was in the messages, yeah. Okay. So I think we put it together, man. We're going to have us a good time, man. Enjoy yourself. Don't listen to Ronnie. He's the Grinch. You man. know, no, enjoy I, life. I, I mean, I am going to dress fun. up. And, and make sure you enjoy loved ones, man. Get your matching. Do it before you die, you know, man. Deontay's, match your sweaters, man. Match your ugly sweaters. You know, Deontay's going to come in some out of, you know, you know, not even with the theme, man. He's going to make a scene. And I don't give a... No, he's going to have a velvet suit on. A velvet suit on. Crush, crush velvet. velvet. I can't stand this. <laughs> but that's all I just wanted to say. Uh, the season's coming up. A lot of reasons to celebrate. A lot, a lot of reasons not to. But I think that we have to make it our own. And that's what I'm learning as I get older, create my own uh, traditions, my own family and stuff is making stuff my own. And I think we all got to take that into our own consideration and having our own families and doing things and do what makes you happy and enjoy it. So this holiday season, man, go ahead and dress up, man. And, and, and like, that's why I've been telling drink people. Drink eggnog too. I like eggnog. Drink. If you drink eggnog. No, man. All right. Don't anyway, say that. Um, <laughs> Hey, but see, Kodiak. that's the same thing I say, you know, with everything. It's up to us now. You know, we'd be like, man, who's throwing the barbecue? Negro, it's supposed to be us. Like, we're, <laughs> we're, we're the adults now. Like, you know, ain't, ain't nothing going on because we're not doing it. Like, we have to do it. Our, our elders did it. Aunts, uncles, grandma, grandpa. Oh, you know, older cousins, they, they had the kickbacks. They had the family gatherings. And now it's up to us. And we need to get that clear. I'm so sick of everybody talking about nothing to do. What? The family just ain't what it used to be. Grandma's gone. Great grandma's gone. Your grandma is 50, 60. 
<laughs> she's at she the club. She thinks she's 40. Yeah, I said she okay. thinks she's 40. <laughs> she, she coming back to the green still on. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but nah, I feel like it's all up. You know, it's, it's definitely up to us. So I'm with the parties and themes. I don't know. It's just maybe it's just the pajamas because I've gone to pajamas parties, but I don't plan on maybe because I'm a twin in my whole life. I've not my whole life, but when I was a kid, I matched with somebody. Maybe that's why. Because it's like, no, I'm not matched with you. Well, let that be the reason, Grinch. But you should definitely enjoy yourself. Enjoy your loved ones. Go get my nephew some matching PJs. You guys have fun, man. Man, those guys might not get nothing, boy. You know what I'm saying? It's hard time. I said it's hard out here. <laughs> Is somebody adopting people this Christmas? <laughs> what? Help me. Right, help me. <laughs> oh, God. Man, on to the next subject, man. Let's go to this hey, Chris man. Brown thing, Hey, man. man. Chris Breezy, man. He got take it, it was the 40th anniversary of Thriller, and the AMAs was gonna put together a celebration. It was gonna be him, Sierra, and a couple of other people. And they canceled it. They pulled him off, you know, basically because his past, and people say he shouldn't be on there. And I feel like that's 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 effed up. That's definitely messed up. But you have a past and it follows you this far when you've done so many great things since then. Charlie Sheen gave people AIDS, like did a hell of stuff in Bro, he was barely in the news. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like he had lawsuits against him for it. And this guy, what he did was years ago, and I and I don't condone what he did, but it's like how long do black people like black people have to do the most? Mike Vick had to get out of jail and pay back like a hundred million and did it. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy. You know, like he like he gotta go through classes, he gotta prove he gotta donate to the humane societies. And it's like how damn like every time a black man does something, Kyrie, they want him to Gravel. They want him to say, "Apologize, donate to our this. charity." They, like, they gave him a list. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's it's insane. You know, I'm so I'm just I just feel like we gotta stop doing their stuff. We have to stop doing the AMAs. We have to, like whatever it is. BET ain't owned by no white black. We have to stop doing their things. And I'm surprised that Sierra has supported them. I seen Sierra's post. She was like, uh, you know, we was rehearsing. You're like the greatest dancer ever. Don't let this get you down. Like, I mean, we like Kelly Rowland was uh, holding him down. When the women have your back, it's for a reason. Yeah. Like, even they see, like, it's been a while. It's time to let him be who he is. You know what I'm saying? He's paid the price over and over. Chris Brown's supposed to be mega. Like, he's already mega big. But he's supposed to be on a different level. But that incident changed his, you know, directory. So now it's like he's still climbing back up. And now you guys still making him pay for it. Like, just like Kevin Hart with the old tweet that came up. Black people, every time something happens, we're held to the fire. It's, yeah. it's, it's magnified. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was speaking on that because it's just sick of it. You know, he's paid his price. What does you want him to do? You know what I'm saying? He has to work. He has to pay the bills. He's still a great artist. Still, He's still releasing hits. And there's plenty of people. I mean, was it uh, Alec Baldwin who actually killed somebody? Who, like, who wasn't killed somebody in the set last year? He... He's back directing movies. Like, matter of fact, on the anniversary of the woman getting killed, he posted a picture of the woman and said, last year, this time. Like, like, bro, like, like, <laughs> I would have been down there beefing out with somebody. Like, bro, come on now. That's hella disrespectful. But yeah. things get overlooked. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at with that. Like, they got to stop. They're not going to. But we are penalized times 10. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to issues as opposed to those who might not look like us, you know? And then those that don't look like us, uh, your favorite family on TV, man, it was out there getting it in, man, and, and getting that money, not oh, paying them, taxes, man. Them Chrisleys, I thought Todd was really getting that cake. He was, they was frauding. You, <laughs> hey, you know you're doing fraud when you get 12 years and your wife gets seven years. Like, you know you're frauding, you know what I'm saying? Like, together, they were like, okay, you're going to split the time between you guys because you guys both did it. It makes no sense. At least let the husband go by himself. You both were fraud. And for years, they were living like, 
I like I watched this show for years. They were living like crazy, like like balling money out the yin yang, you know. So it, it like it was just nuts to me because when it first happened, the the accusations went away. So I'm like, yeah, Steve's trying to take down, you know, because Todd's hella funny. I mess with him, man. It turns out them guys was really um BS, man. Like <laughs> fraud. <laughs> whip, whip. <laughs> they was getting it in, dog. RMP. They, they had they that work. Off. Long live but they could take off. They was getting it in, man. Man, they had that work. They was getting it in and out for yeah. real. So uh 12 years for the dad and seven years for the mom, right? Yeah, fraud. Yeah. Okay. You and know. the grandma didn't get no time. That'd be messed. I mean, uh Todd's old. That'd be <laughs> if they could have, they had the grandma time, but what? they dead wrong. Man, shit. But I don't think they did hit. <laughs> but but Bill Cosby. That it was that's, barely that's walking. And that's and they what sat I'm his saying. ass they down. Get time regardless, bro. Even the lady with Emmett Till, they should have threw her in there and let her just die in there. I mean, no, she is. It's, it's off the hook how she's still out here. So she's still out here. It's definitely true, man. Uh, they treat us differently. But uh, the Chrisleys, man, I don't wish that on them, man. America's a, a corporation we all trying to get by, man. Free the Chrisleys, man. <laughs> Free them. Fraud. There's people out for way worse. I'm from Seattle, man. Fraud's how you get by. If you're from uh, Seattle, you done fraud one time in your life. I don't give a damn who you are. On pastor, if I don't care who you are, you done West Side walked it out. Listen, oh, oh, listen. Uh, pastors are made one. West Side walked it out. If you're from Seattle, sorry, sorry, pastors. <laughs> you run out, man. Well, I said pastors are made one. I was like, sorry. Yeah, man. We almost ended the episode. Uh well, honestly, they are because the <laughs> church don't get taxed. So you guys have made billions and they did nothing for nobody. All of you. This is episode 35. Your, your child got a new car, college for free. <laughs> and you want me to put in that dish? Huh. E-A-D. Know what that means? All right. This has been episode 35 of Factors TV. <laughs> GP, are you with me? Converse Media, Converse Media is home. Black media does matter. Once again, I want to send my love out to everybody who's affected by all the mass shootings we've had um, this past month. We've we've encountered a lot, a lot of things that basically have shifted the culture. Um, not only in our world of black people, but the world period. And it's just something that has to do with mental health and, and, and mental health in my uh, own perspective and opinion. And I believe that we need to reach out to one another and that the state boards and the cities need to get more involved with things because when we get to the root of it, it just seems like people need something and need somewhere or something to believe in. So I want to send my love to the family of people who are affected at Club Q in uh, Colorado Springs, Walmart, uh, Walmart and everywhere. Chesapeake. And um, also down in um, Virginia at the college, the football players who were killed. Um, sending love to all those who were affected. Man, it's really something I can't speak on, but I want to send my love and pray for you guys. And if you guys can, you know, go and find out if there's anything you can uh, do to contribute, whether it be words of encouragement or donations. So sending love to those families because there's something that's going on. It's something in the air where it's just life ain't fair right now. So I'm praying for you guys. You ain't lying. Praying for you guys. Um, I want to say at this time, black men, start being kinder to each other. Start being nicer to each other. Start talking to each other. Stop mean mugging each other. Like, he's not your enemy. Like, it don't make no sense. Like, it's like, hey, I have to force people to say what's up. Like, hey, like, I'm not your enemy. So that's what I wanted to say, like, to end it. And Washington State strip clubs are terrible. But we'll get to that later. I'm really... I'm B.I. This is Factors TV. News you can use. When the blue notes, that's a mobby pass. More chops than karate class. I can hear the blues when the shoddy blast. The whole block blowing horns, that's that Jackson jazz. When the blue notes, that's a mobby pass. More chops than karate class. I can hear the blues when the shoddy
party blast. The whole block blowing horns. That's that Jackson Jazz. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.